Hey guys, it's Jeremy from Missing the Podcast. And before we get into today's episode, I want to give you a little disclaimer. The episode you're about to hear was supposed to come out on September 13th or right after the previous two episodes, which all discussed Kelly's 20th anniversary of her American Idol win. This was supposed to be part of a trilogy of episodes that all discussed the first 20 years of Kelly's career. So even though last week we had so much news that we had to share about the new album and the nine to five duet and everything else that was going on, we thought that that was more important to get out right away. So this is actually the third of a trilogy of episodes all about the 20th anniversary of Kelly's American Idol win. And we do hope that you enjoy this episode. Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Kelly Clarkson. Welcome to Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. The very first podcast dedicated to the original idol, Kelly Clarkson. Here are your hosts, Jeremy and Pam. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Miss Into Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. My name is Pam. And I'm Jeremy. And Pam, this seems to be a trilogy of episodes that we have had lately celebrating the 20th anniversary of Kelly Clarkson being crowned the very first American Idol, of course, a couple weeks ago. We had our episode where we went through all of Kelly's performances on the show. Of course, last week we had our 100th episode spectacular with our friends Jim Vararos and Christina Christian Siwi, along with our fashion correspondent Rob. And then today it is going to be the third and final episode that we are going to sort of package around Kelly's 20th anniversary of Idol and that is today we are going to be celebrating and going down a list of our 20 favorite moments of Kelly's in the last 20 years. This was a beast of an of an exercise because there were definitely some obvious choices, you know, example, the Grammys or her winning American Idol. Those were some obvious ones, but we wanted to get a little creative and talk about some a, a few things that we haven't really spoken about much on the podcast. We didn't want it to kind of be like a carbon copy of some of our like, you know, most memorable moments episode, things like that. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited and I'm, I'm happy you and I compared lists ahead of time because there were definitely some that I've had forgotten about. Um, I don't know about vice versa, but I think we came up with a pretty, pretty solid list and um, – Obviously, we can't cover everything. So some of your favorites may not be on our list, but yes. we still love them. Yes. So Pam and I both came up with uh, 20 things, and then we kind of use I don't want to say we use an algorithm or anything, but we sort of mashed the list together and then used that to come up with the 20 things that we are saying are our favorites for the last 20 years. Again, like Pam said, your favorite thing might not have made the list or... We may have had something uh, rated too high. This is simply our opinion as a podcast of our favorite moments of the last 20 years. And also don't want to forget that um, there is just there's too many things to count. You know, there it's it like Pam said, it's really hard to narrow down 20 years of a career into just 20 really great moments. And so hopefully we're doing service uh, to some of the best things that she's done over the course of the last 20 years. Maybe some of your favorite things will be on here. Maybe you'll share one of yours uh, via our social media when the episode comes out. Yeah, we may have forgotten one that's blatantly obvious. I yes. don't know. We might have. Oopsie. Um, let's get started. Yes. And by the way, so, uh, before we before we get too uh, far down the line, Pam, also we should uh, mention that we're celebrating that this is now officially season three of Missing the Podcast. 
Our premiere. That's right. So exciting. Season three. Oh my goodness. Look at us. Look at it. Thank you to anyone who's been listening to us. Yes. Whether you found us two years ago or you found us last week or this week, we appreciate it. Yes. Number 20 that we chose was Kelly's 2013 NBC Christmas special called Cautionary Christmas Tale. The reason why I wanted to put it on here was it's unlike anything she's ever done. It was basically a variety variety hour. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of cute little skits with um, pretty big names. She had like Blake Shelton and um, why am I blanking? Ro- Robin Williams was a part of the recorded stuff at the beginning. That's right. And there were a lot of other people. I'm blanking out on names, but I know it was like pretty star-studded, which is even more impressive because this was years before her – really like her major relationship with with NBC. You know, this was 2013 mm-hmm. and like she didn't really start to get serious with NBC until about 2018 with The Voice. Um I just thought this was a really unique thing. You see it a lot with artists when they have like holiday albums come out. They usually do a special on one of the major networks. And I just never really thought Kelly they would, you know, have Kelly do that. And I'm glad they did. It really showcased a lot of her sides. Aside from just performing the songs, it did show she can act. Not, I mean, we've known that. I mean, just from Justin Kelly aside, I think it did a really good job showcasing um, that she's more than just a singer. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, you know, it, it's so easy for a musician or a singer to do a holiday special and just record it at a, a nice looking theater with a crowd and just sing the songs that are on their holiday album and, you know, promote people to go out and buy the record. But Kelly decided to do something a little different. She tried to play up on her personability, she, uh, her personality, and the fact that she is a she's actually a very funny person and can be very charming. And so that's actually the word that I use to describe the Cautionary Christmas Tale special is it is very charming. All right, for number 19 on our list, um, we sort of combined two different things and it was the two times that kelly has done some stuff with cmt so we packaged together cmt giants which was when they were honoring reba mcintyre and then we also put in the crossroads special which is when kelly and reba did the special together so essentially cmt with reba uh anything that had to do with reba and kelly on cmt this is our number 19 um Look, when she does uh, when she does uh, Reba, that's about as good as Kelly gets when it comes to country. I mean, she can sing Reba about as better, about as well as, if not better than Reba herself. And that's, you know, doesn't hurt that Kelly's kind of the cover queen and she steals your song. But uh, I really love when Kelly covers Reba and I loved the Crossroads special. Uh, I love it dearly. Um, but I also love, you know, when Kelly does Fancy. Oh, stop. So good. I once, I recently, I saw this website that was, I forgot, it, may, it might have been Billboard that put out something that was like, vote for Kelly's best like collaboration. I voted for Fancy because it's so iconic. But yes. Yeah. So I, I was a, like 2006, 2007, I was just like obsessed with both of these specials. Um, CMT Crossbows was really my introduction to Reba as a non country fan. And even though like she didn't, really perform much and she didn't perform with Kelly on there, but I was obsessed with the um Does He Love You with Martina McBride. Um would oh al- I would always just like 
in my head, like sing both parts. Um, and then her doing Why Haven't I Heard, Kelly doing Why Haven't I Heard From You on that. It was kind of mm-hmm. my introduction to country, um, especially Kelly country. Because before that, you know, she had dabbled a little bit with Reba, but not a ton. That was really still yeah. very early in their relationship, um, aside from a few things here and there. And then CMT Crossroads just solidified it. And we've said this before, like, you know, they, that was, CMT Crossroads was the start of something wonderful. They did, they, they ended up putting out the Because of You duet, which even though it's not my favorite, it really helped bring Kelly into the country world. And a lot of people started to like respect her more than just like a pop star. And uh, then it led to the Reba tour, the Two Worlds, Two Voices tour. So I, I'm I'm glad you packaged these together because I wasn't necessarily thinking like that, but I'm glad you did because it's just the end of the day. It's just I'm just so happy that she's been working with Reba and that it's allowed her to cross into multiple genres so seamlessly. Yeah, like I said, I I love the Crossroads special. I have a uh, the MP3 from the Giant special on my Apple Music. Uh, anytime she does Reba, I just, I love it. And I'm not saying that I'm necessarily hankering for another two worlds, two voices tour, but for the time it was great. Yeah. I I would love it at some point, but that's not like, oh my God, that's the next tour I need. Like, no, I can, Yeah, that can be, you know, 15 years from now when, or 10 years from now, whenever, if they do like a Vegas thing like that, I would be fine with, you know? Um, yeah, but that was fun. All right, uh, number 18 is a fun one that I think some people don't think about all that much, but it's one of our favorite moments uh, from the last 20 years, and that is, it was right at the beginning of when Kelly was promoting Meaning of Life, and she was a guest with Seth Meyers on Late Night, and she participated in Seth's feature kind of sketch bit that he does called Day Drinking, And this is when Kelly and Seth Meyers went out and they just drank around New York and got absolutely hammered. (laughs) And we don't get to see drunk Kelly all that much, although drunk Kelly does show up again on our list (laughs) later. That's higher on the list. (laughs) Everyone knows what we're talking about. It is much higher on the list. But uh, this was just a lot of fun because this is an older, more mature adult Kelly uh, who is going out and just having a good time with Seth Myers, who looks like the kind of guy about any of us would want to go and have a beer with. So this whole sketch, this whole bit was hysterical. Yeah, it's so funny because like they were also – so I think they did it at the um, – the I think it was in the, the Rainbow Room and, uh, at the top of 30 Rock. Um, yep. At the very end, you see them on like the top of the rock thing. It's like a tourist mm-hmm. trap here. Um, but – it's a, it's adorable. She's hilarious. They're both like I think like at one point Seth like makes a drink. It's called like the Blake Shelton or something like that. Like or like the the Gwen Stefani. And I guess it was also a lot maybe voice promo. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But I remember at the end they're like she was like oh. I'm contractually obligated to do NBC press something like that. It might have been more voice related. You know what? You're right. Now that you say that out loud, this was more promoting her being a uh, a judge on season 14 of the voice yeah. that's what this is not meaning of life my mistake it was around the same time it was within a couple months but um yes just so much fun to see kelly in that like element because we don't see it very often and 
man, I'd love for her to do this again at some point down the line. Or, like, if she ever ends up on, uh, if the Kelly Clarkson show ever goes to, uh, you know, nighttime, this would be, <laughs> this would be a fun segment. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my God. Imagine Kelly doing a late night show. That would be wild. Yes, I can only imagine. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> but this was by far one of her most unique segments or interviews that she's ever done. I think it. I would call it one of her most relatable things that she's <laughs> ever done because, I mean, how many of us have like done a day drinking day where you just get together with your friends, you get blitzed and, you know, you're in bed by 7 p.m. because nice you're toasty. just absolutely yeah. hairy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just I could not have identified with her more than during this segment where she's just out drinking all day. Not to say that that's my personality. I mean, I've I've maybe done day drinking like three times in my entire life. Right. But nonetheless, uh, I just thought, man, she's one of us. She's one of us. Stars. They're just like us. <laughs> all right. Number 17. We are... <laughs> If Kelly ever hears this, she's going to smack us. <laughs> hey, it could have been higher. It could have been higher. Number 17 is the 2003 blockbuster hit from Justin to Kelly. Yes. What else is there to say about this movie? It's just we love to hate it. We hate to love it. It's just one of those things that as a super fan, it's just kind of ingrained in our heads, whether or not we haven't seen it in 10 15 years you still know a lot of the quotes you know the outfits it's great look at the end of the day it's it's not a great movie with some really great music in it <sighs> and 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 i think what i like about it is that the majority of the population has all but forgotten about this movie i mean to the point where it's not even a relevant joke to make anymore like you can't say like oh it's that's like better than from justin to kelly uh, nobody's thinking about this movie anymore. You know, maybe some niche uh, film critics will bring it up as a, you know, a box office stinker. But otherwise, the only people who really wrap their arms around this are Kelly fans. I don't mean, I bet just I mean, I've never really hung out with Justin Guarini fans or whatever they call themselves. But I imagine that only Kelly fans are the ones who really embrace this movie, whether or not they like it. And. Like it or not, it's part of her history, and I actually don't mind that it's on her resume. I think that as time goes on further and further down the line, she might actually grow to have more affinity for this movie. I mean, look, we all know that it's it's completely corny, and it's not a great script, and, you know, Kelly is not, you know, the best actress in the world. Neither were many of the people in the movie, although... If you were to say, you know, I okay, I'm going to go <laughs> I down. I know where I'm you're going a, with this. I know where you are. I'm going to I'm going to take a turn down a weird alley. I'm going to go down a different street here for just a second. I would love to see a list of really bad movies that actually had casts that turned out to be very successful, like more than one person. Because from Justin to Kelly would be on that list. Yeah. You would have a multi Grammy and Emmy award winning star in Kelly. Then you've got a Tony award winner in Anika Nani Rose. Kaya. Yeah. So let's pump the brakes a little bit on saying that the, that the cast was terrible. 
it's more the script that they were working with. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but there are a couple of people who are not good actors that are in this movie. Mm-hmm. Suffice it to say, we're not loving on the movie because it's a cinematic masterpiece. We're loving it because it's sort of like it feels like it belongs to us. Like it's it belongs to the the Kelly community. And it's sort of like it's like a sibling. You can make fun of this oh movie God. all you want. But somebody else comes in there and makes fun of it, and we're like, "Hey, now hold on, just a minute." We now love I it. don't think, I don't think it deserves all of that. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're over here like knocking it on the side like this. But we're allowed garbage. to. That you know what I mean? It's yeah. kind of like yeah. You know, I I hope down the line, and I would love to start. I feel like I may have mentioned this before. I would love to start this sometime in New York. I would love it to be kind of like one of those things where it's like a Rocky Horror or like The Room. Where it's well, Rocky Horror, I maybe won't will not include in this anecdote, but The Room, for those who don't know, is a 2003 film, arguably one of the worst movies ever made. But yeah. people, including myself, like love it because it's just so ridiculous, and like they do like those like midnight screenings, and it's the creator, like the star of it, like he might think it's great. I don't know. Tommy Wiseau may think it's, it's a fantastic movie. I don't even know at this point, but he eats it up. He knows yeah. that people are just like obsessed with it even though it's ridiculous but he shows up all the time and like not that i'm expecting kelly to show up at like a midnight screening of from justin to kelly but like i'm wondering if it'll eventually catch on as one of those things it's like a cult following yeah i don't know i would love that guys i will maybe one day i will try to set up a i don't know how on earth that would work I, you know, it's a very expensive thing to get the rights to something but i don't know i would love some sort of screening Here's the thing. You do it as a free screening. I mean, heck, go to go to Central Park for all I care. Set up a, a little like one of those blow up projectors. <laughs> Just tell people, hey, come to Central Park. Be at this part at such and such time. We're going to watch from Justin to Kelly. All right, guys, you heard it here. I'm going to try to make this yes. happen at some point in the future. I don't know when or how, but Pam, if you do it, I'm flying to New York. Yes. Yes. All right, our number 16 on the list is the Golden Globes, in particular, the, uh, and I don't know how many times Kelly's been to the Golden Globes, it may just be the one time, but it was a pretty epic night because not only did she uh, get to bump elbows with Steve Carell, who uh, made her name all the more household famous, but also she had the viral moment out front on the red carpet with Ryan Seacrest when she finally got to meet Meryl Streep. And it became a moment where people, again, looked at Kelly Clarkson and said, oh my God, Kelly Clarkson is all of us. (laughs) Because she had the same reaction to Meryl Streep walking up that I think many people who greatly love and appreciate her career and her as an actress would have had. Yeah. We would have all like looked at her and be like, oh, my God, can I meet you? I mean, which is such an odd thing to say to somebody yeah. like I you don't you? come up to somebody and say, can I meet you? Because that it's it's like you're saying the the quiet part loud. <laughs> you, you just walk up and you introduce yourself. I mean, that's the the asking if you can meet somebody is reaching out your hand and saying hello. But she says the like the she's reading the action parts of the script out loud. And it's just such a sweet and memorable and uh, relatable moment uh, with Meryl Streep that, you know, it it couldn't not be on this list. Exactly. Like, I felt so validated in that moment because, like, that was 
fortunately, like the first time I met Kelly, I mean, I was not like, can I meet you? It was, I knew I was meeting her, but it was the same thing. Like she was just such a dork and you can tell that she was like, oh my God, oh my God. And that's like all of us, even when we like see her live, whether or not you're meeting her or not, like it was just so relatable. And I'm like, another stars, they're just like us moment. And I was yeah. just so happy for her because it's obviously someone that she admires so much and she constantly talks about. And she finally had that that moment. And the Steve Carell, I, 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 I had added on here because that was just such a such a pop culture moment back in 2005 when the 40-year-old mm-hmm. virgin happened. And Kelly has been mentioned in The Office once or twice. So that was like a little bit of a full circle, but then at them the 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 two of them actually meeting and getting a photo together was just like oh my god, guys, it finally happened. Like it was just yes. such a full circle moment and that it just made me smile so hard. So overall it was a great night for her, but it was also a great night for us fans just to see her so happy. And I think that that Golden Globes night and especially considering because look, I don't think that Kelly's stupid. She knows when something she does gets attention from the the universe. And I think that her Golden Globes moment with Meryl Streep gave her the permission to really let her Meryl Streep fan flag fly. <laughs> so that's when, you know, we get cut out Meryl, which, you know, we we we've talked to the uh, the donator uh, and we we saw that on the Meaning of Life tour. Yeah, Moni and had that. Yes, and we I th- and I think she's even referenced Meryl multiple times on the Kelly Clarkson well, she has a show. Huge cutout that she's had like she had her like before that in like a lot of those like Facebook lives. Yeah, like her hanging out with like Meryl. Um, yeah, because I think I remember the it was when she first started on The Voice. She had the cutout Meryl. Yep. Who was uh, watching the first episode with her? <laughs> I forgot about so, that. <laughs> yeah, so I think that uh, I think that this gave her permission to do this outwardly much more than she might have if she had never had that moment on the red carpet. Yeah, so I love that for her. She's such a little fangirl. Yes. We love it. Um, all right, the next one on our list, number fifteen, is her two shows um for miracle on broadway she for those who were unfamiliar back in 2014 and 2016 she had two shows um they were just standalone shows in nashville um just before christmas that she would bring out some of her friends and just some other musicians to perform with her and um, a lot of the money uh, that was raised or i don't know maybe all of it i don't know what the percentages was but a lot of the money that they raised or that for the ticket sales went to a lot of the local Nashville charities that she had chosen. And I was very fortunate to go to both. They were to this day, the farthest I've seen Kelly, but um, the reason why I wanted these on my list, two reasons. Number one, at the time, Kelly selling out Bridgestone arena was like a, as like a headliner in my eyes, was a major deal. She's done it a few times, like since I know she. I think she was there on the Piece by Piece tour. She was there mm-hmm. on Meaning of Life tour. But 2014, like I don't, I might be wrong on this, but I feel like it was maybe one of the first times she had really like sold it out as like a Kelly Clarkson show. So that was just a really proud moment for me. And also, she had so many big A list names there that were there to support her. 
which I thought was incredible. Now, like, literally, I'm going to cheat because I'm going to look on my wall behind me. I'm going to back up and grab my mic so I can turn around <laughs> to see who was there. So 2014, she had Reba, Ronnie Dunn, Trisha and Garth, Casey Musgraves before she was a huge name, Haley Williams from Paramore, Ma- Martina McBride, Megan Trainer, and, like, the list goes on. Like, those are pretty big names. The second year, as I moved to my right, um, Reba, Ronnie Dunn, Kelsey Ballerini, um, Hunter Hayes, Ray Lynn, like she had really big names in country music. Yeah. And another kind of what I said earlier, another piece of proof that like she's respected in multi-genres. It was just it, and I guess also they were just like such like unique one-off shows that it's uh, it's always just had a really special place in my in my heart. And I'm not sure she's ever going to do them again and that's okay. Yeah, I'm bummed that uh, that I didn't get a chance to see them because I'm sorry. I I honestly thought that after she did the first Miracle on Broadway, I thought, oh, this is going to be an annual recurring thing. I'll eventually get down to Nashville and I'll get to check one of these out because one of them was on your birthday. I know, I know. Yeah, the 2016 one that was your birthday, right? So yeah, even more disappointing the fact that I couldn't make it down there, but. Um, yeah, I was I was really hoping that it was going to be a, an annual thing and would, you know, eventually, you know, come yeah. down and see the show. Just like how I'm like not in a big giant rush to get out to L.A. to see a taping of the talk show because I'm like, oh, you know, the talk show's doing really well. And, you know, I'll eventually get out there one of these years because you don't. The next thing you know, watch, I'll just have cursed the show and yeah. this will be the last season. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. The only reason why I went the first year was because, like, I had literally – my last day of college, like my last day of like classes or, or like my last final was the day before the show. So I was like, I'm done with college. This is my gift to myself before I have to work forever. <laughs> so this was literally just like my little like trip to myself. And then, yeah, um, it was it was really cool. I'm very fortunate I was able to go and um, happy, you know, that it was for a good cause. Yeah. And I don't know. It was cool. And I'm. Except I have a feeling at some point in the future she'll do something similar, whether or not that is Nashville or not, or LA or New York or some other city. But I could see her doing something like this when she has time, whenever that might be. I mean, it could be something that she does at the, I don't know what's it called now, the crypto dot com center or whatever whatever the old staple center is now. Oh, LA. Okay. I'm yeah. like, what? <laughs> something she could do out in LA. I mean, not the worst idea. You can't really call it Miracle on Broadway, but, you know, you can can wrap another holiday theme around it and, you know, do something out there. I'm sure it would be a massive hit and it would probably sell out any arena in L.A. Totally. Totally. Um, so that exactly like I think there could be different versions of this. So, yeah, that was that. The number 14 moment on our list, uh, one I kind of didn't think of, and I'm really glad you put it on here because it was kind of a no brainer was when she announced that she was pregnant with Remy. Yes. It was a total slip by her, which I love. <laughs> True Kelly fashion. It was just it's so humanizing and I'm so glad that like whoever it was I think this was in LA, correct? I believe so, yes. On the piece by piece tour and like God bless whoever filmed this and got it out there cuz this was a it was a semi-viral moment and it yep. was just it was a major oopsie. Was not supposed to talk about this because I'm pretty sure like a lot of her friends and family didn't even really know at this point. Um, and she was like, "Oopsie, I didn't mean to say that to the public," but she did, and that's okay. But it really humanized her. 
Yeah, I think the line was, um, I know I shouldn't be saying this, but totally pregnant. Um, yeah, it, it, it's one again, another one of those moments that humanized her. Like at this point, we needed anything else uh, to humanize her more. But the fact that, you know, I mean, she was singing piece by piece and she's getting it's already an emotional song for her. And she's trying to get through it, knowing what she knows. And it's almost like she knew, like people are going to need to know why I am so broken up about this after so many years. And it's just it really is. I mean, she, Kelly has had more viral moments than any other idol contestant ever and i mean granted she's had herself more opportunities to have them but nonetheless she's had more than than any of them and i would even say you take the talk show stuff away she's had more than all of them combined and this one is is among the most humanizing of them because i think and i can't speak for women because for reasons uh, but i think that all women have been in a position where they've been really emotional while they're pregnant and in some cases maybe before they've announced to where they just want to just say whatever's on their mind they just want to speak their truth and in this case she said it before she probably wanted to but just did it anyway because why the hell not and it turned into a really really cute heartwarming moment that for all good reasons went viral. Yeah. All right. The next thing on our list, number 13 is as a whole, the meaning of life tour. Yes. Um, I don't know about you, but this was probably one of my favorite tours she's ever done. And I'm really happy that she was able to, she, I think almost correct me if I'm wrong. She sold out almost every show on that tour for the most part or Nearly, she yeah. sell it, close to it and they were like very very big venues like she played venues that i didn't really ever expect her to to play at maybe she did like maybe breakaway era i don't even know but there's like she did like full like arenas and i'm yeah. just so proud of her for being able to do that and i think also what i love was that the uniqueness with the minute and a glass of wine. It really made every show super unique. And the fact that they broadcasted that on Facebook Live gave everyone an opportunity, whether you were even if you went to a different show or you were not even in the US and didn't have the opportunity. Um, it gave everyone a chance to get like a glimpse into the into the uh, tour, which was a really considerate thing to 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 do, especially they changed it up every night. It yeah. keeps it exciting. You can't predict it. You never know what's going to come. And that's what I love about just the fact that when she tours now and, and we don't know what touring life is going to be like in a post talk show world because we haven't had a tour yet. But I'm interested to see because, you know, we were getting a different Kelly Oki every Kelly Oki. Like I've already got them like rebranded. Uh, we were getting a different uh, fan request every night. And that made each show special because you knew that regardless of the city you were in, you were going to get something that only your city got. Yeah. And, you know, not a lot of bands do that these days where they change up the set list every night. There's a handful of bands that do that have a, you know, a large catalog of songs to choose from. And quite honestly, Kelly could do that because she has the, the, the catalog to do it. It's just for a pop performer, it's a little more difficult because the shows are, are a little more choreographed, so to speak, not like choreographed, like dancing, but, 
the shows themselves with you know the video boards and, and the you know, lighting all the, and yeah and the light it's all very choreographed and so that's why the set list is the same more or less every night but it's nice to have something different in every city i think that this was her most ambitious um just production of a show altogether from the lighting to the the staging to the bar stools to the the vip stuff to just the production again, minute and a glass of wine, like everything about it was very well thought out and it was very fan centric. I would say that the piece by piece tour is, is pretty close to that. And then, I mean, like for me, if I'm ranking tours, you know, I think I do, I don't know. It, you got to ask me on the right day, but like today, especially with us doing this list, I think meaning of life tour uh, is up there as my favorites pr- followed pretty closely by, piece by piece and the breakaway tour. And I kind of, I kind of want to just bunch all the breakaway album tours together because I mean, more or less that's what they were, but um, this was just a really, really fun tour. And again, Kelly is, and I I was reading an article just last night and it's, and this was written a couple of years ago. And they said that Kelly Clarkson is in her post peak era, meaning that, that she's already peaked in her career and now she's on that like downward trajectory. And they said that, you know, for someone in their post peak era, she's doing remarkably well, which for me, I'm like, and then that doesn't tell me that she's peaking because we all saw what happened with the, my December tour that sort of shot its shot too big. I mean, the, my December tour, they tried to do arenas. It didn't work. They had to go and scale down to theaters Uh, The All I Ever Wanted tour kind of kept it a little more real, although they did do some arenas. The fact that Kelly is eight, nine albums deep and is able to sell out arenas as a pop star is pretty fantastic. There's not a ton of them that can do that. I mean, and you're talking the upper echelon of pop stars. It also depends, like, who you ask about what is peaking mean. I mean, like, are we talking about, like, you know, radio success and, like... Whatever. I think that's what they were. Yeah, I think I they mean, were. They're, they're thinking about like album sales, radio airplay. Okay, I mean, well, no one buys no one buys albums anymore. Um, everyone makes money from touring, and radio is radio. I mean, now yeah. we're in a streaming world, so radio is obviously very important, but it's not the only thing. So it's, uh, I don't like that. Um, Thanks for candy coating that for me. I appreciate that. <laughs> no, I'm saying like radio is super important. I, it totally is, but it's not like the only factor of success yeah i get it there's so many different components now no i love i'm a big radio person you know that um yes but it's just hard to gauge that now because she's also like you can't i don't know she's also she's not 25 anymore it's weird i don't know i don't i don't like that i know you said it was a few years old it was probably pre-talk was that pre-talk show yes i believe it was so yeah i mean this person goodbye Dang. <laughs> um, shall we move on <laughs> now yes, that I'm salty at this journalist obviously all right let's move on to uh, number 12 on our list of the 20 favorite moments of Kelly Clarkson's first 20 years and we go back to 2012 where Kelly sang the national anthem at Super Bowl 46 now selfishly I wish that she had sang the national anthem one year earlier because I'm a big Green Bay Packers fan and the Packers played in Super Bowl 45. Uh, so I wish that she could have uh, been at that one instead. But nonetheless, uh, she did get to uh, sing the national anthem at the Super Bowl, which is an incredible honor for any performer. I mean, pretty much the best of the best 
uh, do the national anthem. Um, although I will say that I've been a little head scratchy about some of the more recent choices, but that's just my problem. And I don't want to get too in, into that because that's a whole <laughs> other episode. Uh, yes. But, but yes, I mean, this is one of my favorite moments because it is something that is given as a show of high respect for someone's national anthem singing abilities and singing abilities in general. And Kelly's anthem, while not the most popular of all time, is widely regarded as one of the best in that it didn't have a lot of frills. It didn't have a lot of flash and show. It was just a pitch perfect, solid, excellent national anthem. And really, when it comes to something like the Super Bowl, that's all you need. You just need something that's not trying to overshadow anything else. It's just an excellent anthem. I haven't gone and looked to see if there are, you know, top 10 lists of the greatest Super Bowl anthems of all time, but I'd be willing to bet that Kelly's would easily, easily be in the top 10. Yeah. I'm embarrassed or not embarrassed, just like, Pam, what? I forgot to add this to my list. So I'm so happy that you did because it yeah. so deserves to be on here. Um, it's a, yeah, as, as you said, it's a solid performance. Will it ever top a Whitney's? No. no. But that's okay. No one no one ever will. And that's that's fine. And I Kelly would agree with us. Um I feel like I have looked at some lists before of like the top 10 or 20 of all time and this has been on there. The way I look at it as like if it didn't make a really bad I feel like people focus more on the really bad performances than the yeah. really good ones. So Kelly's never on the bad list, which is yeah. a win in which is a win in my book, but arguably one of the most watched events in the US every year. Mm-hmm. Um I would say top 5, if not top 3. So the fact that she was on there, everyone's watching, it's like I think she, I think it's such an honor. She nailed it. I thought it was so good. I remember exactly where I was yeah. when I saw it. It was just like such a proud moment. Made everyone in the room shut up, which is like not <laughs> something you do on Super Bowl Sunday because everyone's just like rowdy and excited. But I'm like, shh, everyone listen. And yeah, I, it was a it was a proud moment as a as a fan. Yeah, absolutely. And I know there we you know we've mentioned it on here like oh halftime and people are like oh my god Kelly halftime. Realistically, I don't ever see her ever doing a halftime at least by herself. I just don't. I'm sorry. As much as yeah. I love it, realistically, if you have to think of the masses, I just I don't see it happening. But that's okay. I don't even know if she wants to do it. So it's not saying she's not good enough. It's just thinking of like I don't want to say the the clientele, but thinking of like the viewership. Yeah. It just doesn't seem like the right fit, and that's okay. Yeah, I mean, look, and I know that there was a lot of controversy around it, but I mean, if even Jennifer Lopez can't do a Super Bowl halftime by herself, yeah, then you know that they're going to stack somebody with Kelly. Now, I wouldn't mind seeing her up there with some pink, other people. Oh my gosh, yes. That would do well. Absolutely. Um, I don't see Kelly doing any ac- acrobatic stuff, but that's no. okay. <laughs> no. That's okay. Kelly can be on the ground and Pink can fly above her. Um, but yeah. Anyway, going back to the performance, though, fantastic, and I'm glad you thought of it to put it on this list. Yeah. All right. Our number 11 on our list of the 20 favorite moments of Kelly's first 20 years is her performance of Piece by Piece on American Idol. Again, another viral moment from Kelly where she absolutely, she is she is everybody because she is singing a song that so many 
people unfortunately identify with. And she gave one of the most heart wrenching and, and emotional performances on all of American Idol. I mean, from every season, forget about it. I mean, it's, it's one of the most emotional performances contestant or special guest ever given on that show. And this is going to be a highlight. They run of that show. Like when they finally, you know, kill and, and bury that, that show and they show their epitaph and they, you know, they do the, the, the obituary for American Idol. This performance is going to be part of it because it was one of the most emotional performances ever. And of course it was her, of course it's going to be emotional. She's pregnant with Remy it's supposedly the last season of Idol, at least on Fox, and she, she, you know, it's sort of a coming home moment. Of course, there were all these emotions around it, and it just, I mean, it really does go as one of her most touching performances of all time. Yeah. Vocally, was it her best ever? No, but it doesn't matter because the lyrically, it was such a heart-wrenching song, piece by piece, obviously, and... um it was, I. It was such a big deal. Do you want, did I ever tell you where I watched this? Live? No, I don't think so. I was in Jamaica. It was on TV in Jamaica. I was wow. there for a wedding, and American Idol was airing there. So you know, like that, it was a big deal. That it was like the final season and this and that. So that's just a random anecdote. But it was, you know, I don't. I think we we had um, we had Sam on our show for that I was there for Kelly history. Yeah. And he was like, there was like not a dry eye in the room. I feel like he had told us something to that nature. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it, it must've been such a full circle moment for her. And I, I, you're right with being pregnant with the show allegedly ending, obviously didn't end the lyrical content. I, and she was like very close to giving birth. Like she was weeks uh, away. It wasn't like, yeah. Oh, I have a couple more months. Like she was like, gonna have the baby very soon um yeah and i it's just i i I can't imagine what was going through her head being on that 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 stage especially that it was live taped live it's not like she can just stop and start over it was just like millions are watching you as you're sobbing on television (laughs) but it was just so heart-wrenching and i don't remember from back with our conversation last year with jason I don't remember if it was Kelly's idea or if it was his idea, or if it was somebody from the label, but props to whomever's idea it was to get Kelly into a studio immediately yeah. to record that version, that arrangement that Jason had come up with. And I, I've, I've been thinking about this comment for a couple of minutes here, and I have been trying to come up with a different uh, juxtaposition for this happening. But the last time I can remember somebody giving a really emotional performance and then going right in and recording that same performance in a studio right after was when, and I, and like I said, I'm not trying to say that these are equal. I'm just saying that this is the last time I remember it happening was when princess Diana died and Elton John sang candle in the wind. And then right. he changed the words for princess Diana. And then after the funeral, he went into a studio, recorded it and it became this absolutely massive single. I, again, I understand yeah. they're not the same, but that's the last time I remember somebody going very publicly, doing a new arrangement of a song, and then immediately after going into a studio and re-recording it, and then that version 
becoming a huge hit. And it coming out very soon after. It's not like it comes yeah. out like a month or two. It's like. It was days it, later. Like the piece by piece thing. They literally have maybe, I don't even know, maybe a week, a week turnaround time. If yeah. that, it was super quick. None of us were expecting it, but like it made so much sense. So, I mean, talk about capitalizing on a viral moment. I mean, yeah. they, they nailed it. And then that's the version that everyone knows, like yep. the, the general public, like that they, because then it was a single. Yeah. It was a freaking single afterwards and it did and, pretty and, well. And then they basically had to re-release another version of the piece by piece album that included that yeah. version because people were getting confused. They were going out and buying the record. They're like, what the hell is this version? This is, it's this is not the version from Idol. Yeah. It's like an upbeat version. So yeah, that's yeah. a, that's a, that's how you know. You have a good, you have a good thing going for it, you know. Yes, it's wild. All right, uh, the next one is a moment that I have definitely spoken about at nauseum. Um, yep. So we'll, well, <laughs> you're like, yup. Yup. <laughs> we'll keep it brief. Number ten is it? Number ten. Yes. Number ten is top ten. Top ten. Uh, two thousand four sessions at AOL. It's just so freaking good, like. My, I don't, you can't see me right now, but Jeremy can. My, like, yep. just my hands are over my face, just like mind blown. Some of her strongest vocals she has ever done. Mm-hmm. Um, just incredible version of Miss Independent, incredible version of Hear Me. And she just sounds like such a badass rocker. And the vocals are just chef's kiss, pristine, like, just so good. And, like, we have sort of studio ish quality. Um, yeah. They were on some of the, deluxe somethings and you can find the performances on youtube and one of her best sessions she's ever done i'm sorry i'm gonna put it up there one of the best one One of of the best because we did rate one higher you did i didn't well (laughs) it's okay our combined voting made it go higher it's coming up soon you probably all know what it is but uh i don't know i don't have anything else to say about it just like i'm obsessed i will always be obsessed and it's just so good it's well, so we, good you guys we talk a lot on the podcast about how kelly's voice gets better over time and how it's stronger now than it was back when she was in her 20s as it should be and yet this performance really stands out as one of her best because again, this is the this is the promotion for the Breakaway album. So you're looking 2004. So Kelly is in her very early 20s, and she has got just a strong instrument behind her, and great accompaniment in the music as well. I mean, it's just it is one of her more perfect sort of side sessions. And to kind of go off to piggyback off of what you just said, which I didn't really think to mention was. For those unaware, if if you I remember when this came out, if you go online and if you find the the interview for this, like they did this session, I'm pretty sure like I think a day or so before Breakaway the album dropped. Mm-hmm. So this was like so so early in that monstrous campaign that was the Breakaway era. So this really set the bar high for what was to come over the next yeah. I don't know, almost a year and a half to to two years that they were promoting this album. So it was very early on in the, in the uh, era. And I think it really set the bar on what we were going to get. And also they don't, they don't really stray from the sound of the songs on the record because they haven't, 
you know, they haven't gotten there yet to where, you know, they're going to start saying, okay, we've, we've done this song enough times like this. Let's try this. Like since you've been gone, for example, like it was very true to the album, which we don't ever hear anymore ever, Yeah, which is fine, but it's kind of a nice little, it's a funny little thing when you're like, oh wow, this sounds just like the album. And now, you know, now we get all, we have all the different tour versions and like, Mm -hmm. it's the live performance now has strayed so far away from the album, which I love, same with like Miss independent i love the journeys that some of Mm -hmm. her songs have had over the years different live versions but this was if you haven't seen it sessions at aol 2004 oh my gosh i'm excited for this journey for you for anyone who has not listened to that yet or watched that yet let us know what you think if just i don't know i love it i would marry it if i could the only downside is that it's from 2004 so the video quality is not great and like therefore the audio yeah the audio quality <laughs> is not stellar but you get the idea um you know it, it's not as good looking or sounding as say like the iTunes session that came you know 7 8 years later uh with the promotion of the stronger record but uh still it was either was it stronger or yeah. all I ever wanted stronger. I yeah, couldn't stronger. remember either way uh which is also a very good uh sort of outside session but didn't make our list uh, it's, I think the AOL one is, is among the best. Although, like I said, we've got one that uh, we scored just a little bit higher. Uh, number nine on our list of our favorite 20 moments of Kelly's first 20 years is, uh, again, she's had four of these moments, but we chose the first one to happen. And that is, uh, the very first time that Kelly won her season of the voice. And in this case, it was when Bryn Cartelli was crowned as the winner of the voice. Now, Kelly came on uh, The Voice, I believe it was season two, as a sort of special guest mentor. And then she came back in season 13 as a guest mentor, which I think sort of also was an audition, so to speak, to see how the audience liked her on the show. Because then the very next season, she joins as a judge. Well, then season 14 and season 15, she just goes and wins the damn show. Uh, of course, uh, Chevelle Shepard was the one who won in uh, t- in the season 15. But we're, we're picking our favorite moment as season 14 because it was Kelly's first season on this on this well-established reality t- uh, singing competition show. She comes in. She's very boisterous. She's very loud. She's very in your face. She becomes, you know, I'm trying to think of another way to say it other than the voice. Uh, she becomes the voice of the judges. I mean, she is the one that most of the attention is focused on, even though there's the whole like Adam and Blake, you know, sniping back and forth thing that's well established at this point. Like Kelly comes in and just shakes everything up and kind of this is where we see her start to become sort of the focal point of the judging panel. And, you know, people decide whether they really like her or don't like her based on her enthusiasm. But it I think it injected new life into this show it was, it was what was needed um, because they had had a, a rotating group of judges coming through the show and with some of them were were fine some of them were boring they had just had jennifer hudson uh i think the year prior to kelly joining and then jennifer hudson came back i think it was either season 15 or 16 and the fact that kelly just steamrolls through this first season on the show and wins it was fantastic I remember when it got announced that she was joining season 14, 
And a lot of people were like, oh my god, it's such a huge deal because she comes from the competition. You know, she came from American Idol. Yeah. But um, there were a lot of really fun things. You know, as much as Jeremy and I have expressed that like we're not the biggest fans of the show, at least for me, that very first season, like I was into it. I was very excited because it was just so so fresh and something brand new for us to watch. And then, you know, eventually over the seasons, I got a little bored of the show, but initially that season with, with Brynn, I was like all about it. I also like also was very like invested. I love Brynn. I love Jackie Foster from that, for, from that, that season. And, um, it was such a proud moment when she won, not only it being her first season as a judge or coach or whatever, but the fact that like she won it, her first time around she won yeah. american idol the first season it just showed that she was like she like dominates seriously dominates reality singing competition shows you know um unless it, your name is duets unless you're duets that's okay <laughs> though um it just it really proved a point and you know it was also an exciting time it was as i mentioned at the very beginning of the episode her first real push with nbc really getting her out there in the spotlight so she was kind of everywhere and then there was doing a lot of various NBC promotional things, whether it was Seth Meyers, Hollywood Game Night, you know, those sort of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're right. It really – obviously, people knew who she was. She was definitely a household name for years. But it was, I think, one of the first times that the general public was able to see her weekly for her personality as well, which as fans, we've all known that she has such a big personality and she was, she's such a dork. That's not news to us. But to a lot of the public, it was like, oh, I like her, you know, that sort of thing. So it was just a really special time to be a fan, to see this new kind of exposure and a new appreciation that um, the world was getting for her. And I think, you know, and you started to sort of walk down this road a little bit and I'll and I'll walk us the rest of the way is that we have to understand that without Kelly joining The Voice, I firmly believe we do not have the Kelly Clarkson show. Because this is where NBC got to see how she looks on camera. They got to see her personality outside of music. And believe me, networks, they test. They do these auditorium tests and they do all kinds of tests, not just for the ratings of a show. They're testing how the judges are scoring with audiences and you have to know that Kelly was scoring through the roof with audiences. They loved her. They thought she was great. I mean, otherwise they're not going to keep bringing her back year after year. They're not just going to sign her, you know, for four or five seasons right off the bat, because if the public hates her, then they're stuck with her for all those seasons. And then they could have their show tank. No, they knew what they were doing and they knew, and they were following along as people fell in love with Kelly on television outside of being a singer And they started thinking to themselves, we might have something here. There's got to be more that we can do with her. And I think that that's why you get her doing things like Hollywood Game Night and showing up on other NBC properties, doing Rockefeller Center and little things like that. I mean, they knew what they had. And so it should have only, I mean, after a couple of seasons on The Voice, I mean, I'm, I'm shocked. I would be shocked if they didn't do something more with her. And you'll never convince me differently. Kelly being on The Voice is the exact reason we have the Kelly Clarkson show because she killed it on TV and everybody at NBC knew it and they they knew what they had. 
I didn't really put two and two together, but I'm really glad you brought that up. The number eight moment on our list is one we kind of alluded to a little bit earlier. Oh, this is fun. This is a fun one. It is her appearance at metal school. Um, We've mentioned this before. I think we did like a controversial moments or noteworthy or something we did. Um, So for anyone unfamiliar, in 2006, I think it was, it was like kind of in between like the breakaway and my December eras. I think she had just finished the Addicted Tour. She was just, maybe it was during the Addicted Tour. I don't know. Around that time. She was doing what a lot of 20-year-old, 20-something-year-olds do. Go out and party with your friends. Okay. So she went to, she was in LA, I think, and went to, uh, was it, is it, is, is the band Steel Panther, is that what it is? And was the event called Metal School? No, I think they actually used to be known as Metal School, and then they changed their name. Okay. Kind of like a how do you explain it? Like an eighties, like hair band kind of thing. They yeah. do a lot of covers. Yeah. They're an eighties hair band or hair cover band. Okay. Hair band and, cover band. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, whatever. Yeah. Long story short, Kelly's pretty drunk. Uh, she's there with some of her friends. Um, Ryan key from yellow card is there. We still don't know what the deal with that was. No one will, no one actually ever knows. Whatever. (laughs) Everyone has their like theories. I don't know if we actually ever got confirmation as to why he was there, but the two of them end up going on stage and they're singing like Guns N' Roses and drinking Jack Daniels on stage. And it was filmed because as Jeremy let us know many episodes ago, that's what the band does. They just filmed a lot of their shows. There wasn't like unique Kelly Clarkson being there and they filmed Kelly specifically. They just filmed a lot of their their shows. Um, well, a lot of celebrities showed up at their shows because they were super fun and just completely debaucherous and wild. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it was it was not uncommon. There are other celebrities with metal school out there on YouTube. You can look for them. Yeah. So but uh, not many people were expecting, you know, America's Sweetheart Girl Next Door yeah. to be on stage drunk on jack and singing sweet child of mine but i'm so glad it happened it's hilarious and this was another really humanizing thing um but as a child when i saw this i was like oh my god kelly clarkson drinks <laughs> but you know now i'm older i'm like oh she was just out with her friends having a night and like good yeah. for her. um but yeah it's just such a funny moment it's hilarious and like i'm sure she's like oh god why is this still on the internet 16 years later was 16 14 can't do math i mean don't get me wrong when we have her on the show we're gonna talk about it are we we have to we have we have to mention all we have 20 years of career to catch up what are you gonna ask her about what was it like being drunk on stage and it being on youtube the next day no 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 i i i'll come up with something but (laughs) there's gonna be a way that we bring up metal school we have to okay Okay. Yes. Plus, There's not the, much else that, to say about it. That's that's how she'll know that we're real fans because we're still talking about things like metal school <laughs> in 2022. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, it was another humanizing moment where we really got to see her legitimately letting her hair down. And, you know, this was a big hair vi- down and sweater vest off. Exactly. Um, <laughs> you know, again, this was one of those viral moments before there were viral moments um, and I mean, God, if this, if this were to happen this day and age, um, it would be, it would be on every gossip blog. It got to probably be on the cover of some, you know, gossip rag magazines. It would, it would be all over the place and it would be a sensation and people would be like, that's our girl. Yeah. You know, that's Kelly. 
That's that's who she is. She loves to go out and party. She might be a mom. She might have eight jobs, but she loves to like go crazy on a Friday night. And it was just, you know, uh, uh, one of the my favorite moments of her entire 20 years because she just went crazy and just showed that she's like everybody else. You know, you just want to go out and have fun with a with a weird cover band and just be out with your friends and have a good time. And I, I've loved that for her. Yeah. All right. The number seven moment on our list is another moment we kind of alluded to a few minutes ago, which was her 2017 Nashville sessions. Yes. These were performances that she did with a lot of the tracks from Meaning a Life. Um, and she performed them and they just released them on YouTube. Beautiful. Like beautiful arrangements, beautiful vocals. Yeah. And she did. I don't know if they did the full album, but they've only released certain songs. That's something we're not entirely sure of as a fandom. I don't think, I don't think they ever got confirmation that like they did the full album. Very curious though, but. Well, next time we have Jason on, we'll ask him. We'll ask some of her best vocals in years. Oh my gosh. Um, the, The version of meaning of life from this session is unreal i just it's it the with the background and the the strings it's just it's such a powerhouse performance and uh you know this is something i think we mentioned this i think i said that like at some point it would be amazing if they put this out for like record store day i think i had said that before and just you did i still always think of that thought when i hear the the nashville sessions there's just so much potential and I'm sure it's been mixed. It's obviously for, for YouTube. So it's like, yeah. they probably in theory could, but I don't know. It. I don't really have many other thoughts other than like, again, another, like in my book, top three best sessions she's ever done. Yeah. And again, it was just like the AOL sessions after breakaway. This was recorded prior to the release of meaning of life. So, you know, these are some of the first times they're performing these songs outside of the studio and so they're they're pretty much true to the sound of the album but it is just so clean because there are, you get a different performance when you're in a studio because you've got processing and you've got all the bells and whistles that the board can give you and and pro tools can give you and it's you also and all. a smaller space yeah. way smaller of a space yeah i mean you're there are just so many different options available to you when you're recording in a recording studio when you're in a like a rehearsal space like where they were to record these sessions, you pretty much get what you get from the performance. Um, yeah, sure, you can go back later and you can tweak and you can make little adjustments, but not the same kinds of things that you can do in a recording studio. And these, I'll say this, and I haven't said this before about the Nashville sessions. There are a couple, and I don't want to go on record just yet with which songs there are a couple of songs that I prefer the Nashville session versions over the album versions because I just think they sound truer to her voice. I think they sound just more polished rather than over polished um, like they are on the album. And I, like I said, it's not a bunch of songs, but it's a couple Mm -hmm. that I really, really like better on the Nashville sessions. It's, I mean, it really is. It's, it's the best, um, sort of prep before an album comes out session that she's done. I mean, iTunes was great. AOL is stellar. This is what all others are measured up to. Yeah. And it's cause like her vocals have matured so much over the years. Mm-hmm. And you, 
you definitely hear it. So I, I love it. It's so good. Yeah. Um, number six on our list was unfortunately a show that neither of us attended, but that's okay because we got to see most of it online. It is her uh, 2011 um, show that she did at the Troubadour in Los Angeles. This was also like right when the Stronger album came out. It was promotion for the release of the album. So yep. again, very early of the band performing any of those songs uh, to the public. And I think why this was – this always holds such a meaningful place in my heart, even though I wasn't even there, was – Seeing an artist, like a huge artist in a very small, intimate space is a very rare thing. But when you do, when you, it happens, it just feels like so, even more of a special concert than if yeah. you were to see them in like a huge arena or like a big theater. The Troubadour is only a couple hundred capacity, I think. I don't think it's that big. I've never been there, but I know it's, it's a club. It's a tiny little club. And the people who were in attendance, like they saw a once in a lifetime show you can tell she was having so much fun performing the brand new songs on the album. And it was also a very early kind of before she brought it out on tour a couple months beforehand of fans requesting a song. There was an Mm -hmm. option there where fans were able to choose one of like, they gave like a list of four songs to choose. Um, They were like, you know, B side tracks hey, vote which one you want Kelly to perform tonight. And Sober ended up winning. And that performance of Sober went semi-viral outside of the Kelly community. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my old roommates told me that, like, she was like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I know Kelly's a good singer. But then she, like, w- somehow stumbled upon this specific performance of Sober. And she's like, Pam, I get it. I get why you like her. This It's one of the best performances of Sober ever. Yeah. And it's, I don't know. Just it's so special. I went on a tangent there. No, it's fine. I mean, look, for me, I think this is the best Kelly Clarkson concert ever. Yeah. It's so I, much fun. I mean, there have been hundreds and hundreds of them, but this has been, this is the best one. This is the holy grail of Kelly Clarkson concerts. If you saw this, you saw her best show ever. And I know that, you know, there are going to be a lot of people that argue with me about that because they were at the best show ever at, you know, Bumble Nowhere Arena in middle of Nowheresville, but this is it. I mean, this this is different than, you know, th- again, this was right as Stronger was coming out, but yet it wasn't like AOL or Nashville Sessions where she just performed songs off of the new album. She performed a lot of songs off the new album, but she also performed a lot of old songs as well. And there was just an energy, there was a fire about her that was just a little bit hotter than usual and i mean again like if you go onto youtube and you look up the performances from this show these are the first live performances of songs that we are almost to the point where we're sick of seeing them live now you know this is the first live performance of stronger in concert you know you can tell that you know i mean think i I, this may be the song that she even says the first time we've ever sang it or whatever um and you can even tell in some cases the band is still working it out they're still trying to figure out how they're going to perform these songs live and Pam touched on it too. The Troubadour is a tiny venue. Uh, if you saw the movie Rocket Man about Elton John, I mean, you know, Elton John's performance of the Troubadour is is legendary. It's a small room, and you can see it in the performance. Kelly has about a three foot by five foot area that she can yeah. work with because the the whole band is up there, 
and it, it's a small stage. There's not much to it. She has very little room to work with. And so there is, like she said, there is something very special about seeing a big artist in a very intimate room. I, I've had the opportunities to do this kind of thing before, not massive artists, but pretty you know well-known artists. And it is very, very special. And the, 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 the pit of jealousy, the, the, the feelings of just such anger that flow through me every time I watch one of the videos from this performance are so strong because I would love nothing more. I mean, if you give me a time machine and you say, what moment would you like to go back to and visit during Kelly's career? It's this. I want a ticket to this show because I would never forget this show. I mean, it's, it's unforgettable. And I wasn't even there. So, yeah, I mean, this is, I, I mean, there's some other things that I think rank higher of her last 20 years, but this is the best concert of all of them. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So we're going to start our top five now. Yes. Some of it's going to be obvious. Um, number five is one that I don't think we're going to get too too much because we've spoken about it a lot recently. The last two weeks. It, yeah, which is Kelly's American Idol win. Yep. Um, I bet you there's going to be someone out there being like, how is this not number one? L- listen, it, there's a lot of great moments. Obviously, this is always going to be one of the most important because without this moment, we may not be sitting here right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, well-deserved, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, emotional performance. And it was just like a really proud moment for people who were like, oh, yeah, I helped her get to this point in her career. And, to, mm-hmm. and they've. I don't, I don't really know what else to say. It was just, it was a monumental moment, not only in her career, but in TV history. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that was going to be my point is that it was a, it was a pop culture moment in time Yeah. that, you know, hasn't really been recreated. Uh, you know, other TV shows have come and gone. Um, you know, the voice hasn't yet to really create a big superstar, any of the other, you know, singing competitions, have yet to create a really big superstar and American Idol struck gold. I mean, they did it several times, but there were no moments bigger than when Kelly was first crowned. I mean, it was, this was something that everybody, not everybody, but a lot of the country was invested in. I mean, they were asking people on red carpets at movie premieres. So who do you think Justin or Kelly? I mean, they were, they were asking these kinds of questions because it was the pop culture question. So of course it's going to make our favorite moments of Kelly's career in the past 20 years. Uh, going on to number four, this is a moment that happened, uh, well, it looks like just over three years ago, uh, and that would be the premiere of the Kelly Clarkson show. Uh, again, I like the juxtaposition of having her idol win at number five and the show premiering at number four because one beget the other. Uh, you know, almost, what was it, 17 years later after winning this big pop culture moment, she begins her own daytime TV talk show. Almost to the date. Almost, yeah. And it's just so crazy to to think of American Idol and what, what that sprung for her. Just the fact that she has had the, the most wild career, very not similar to almost anybody else in music history. And so I love that, you know, she does the talk show. Do I watch every day? Nope. I try to catch 
the viral moments that show up on YouTube. I try to catch those every day if I can, just purely because, you know, I'm a co-host on a podcast. I need to be able to, to be able to talk about this stuff. But I just think it was such a big moment. And I really do think that this is going to make Kelly uh, an absolute superstar name, bigger, even more so than she already is uh, for a very long time. And I, I hope that the show is successful. I hope it's not successful at the sacrifice of her music career, uh, but I think it's going to be a very successful endeavor. And I, I can't wait to see where it goes, especially in the next year or two. Yeah. And I just think it's, I think the premiere was so special because it's something that most of us never had a thought about. Really? We thought, I mean, I don't know if anyone actually thought, Oh yeah, she'd be a great talk show host. Maybe they have, but like, I don't know if any of us really thought it was ever going to happen. Kelly herself, same thing. Yeah. Um, especially and and especially like when she won the show, no one knew if she would if she would last or if anyone from the show would last. It, not a matter of talent; it's just a matter of longevity and like marketing and things like that. Like no one had any really had any expectations. The fact that not only is she you know in a very successful musician. But then she has like, you know, she's now a TV star. Like just, it was, as you said, there's just the, no one ever thought of it. And it's just so full circle that we have these two moments back to back. And I, I'm glad that we place them like this. Mm -hmm. Not saying that the idol win is not as important as the talk show premiere. I mean, like any of this top five, honestly, we can rearrange any of this top five and it wouldn't be any less significant. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah. The top five was kind of a hard thing to rank. But um, it's just been so fun seeing all the surprises we've been getting throughout mm-hmm. her career. Truly never thought, but I, I, it was just such a proud moment. Be like, you know what? She can pull this off, and this is actually really enjoyable. And it yeah. has been, obviously. They're on season four now, so clearly they're doing something right. That's right. Uh, number three on our list of our favorite moments, our 20 favorite moments in Kelly's first 20 years is – the uh, appearance and performance at Barack Obama's second inauguration. Uh, politics aside, this is a huge honor, a massive honor. You know, you talk about <clears throat> Kelly doing the national anthem at the Super Bowl. She's done it at the NBA Finals. She's done it at the World Series. She's sung for the Pope. She's done halftime performances at bowl games. You know, she's done a lot of really high profile events and uh, and moments, but the fraternity of people who have performed at certain things gets smaller and smaller when you when you get closer to the top of our list. And I mean, singing for the Pope is a pretty small fraternity as well. But also artists who have performed at inaugurations. I mean, it's it's one thing to perform at like the concert that happens the night before or maybe right. at a party that night. No, she was up on the dais. She was up on the same stage as the president and all of the, you know, important mucky mucks of the country. She came out the same door that a few moments later the president of the United States came out of to get sworn into office. Yeah. I mean, that's such a small number of people who can say that they do that or or have done that. And then the fact that uh, she comes out and 
absolutely. She does, and I can never remember. She does America the Beautiful, right? No, she does My Country. I, to that's Tizabay. right. You always, always get confuse those mixed, these. <laughs> always get those mixed up. But she comes out there and she sings it live, and absolutely nails it on a cold January day. That Jason has told us was a rough was was a nightmare behind the scenes. Yeah, but even I mean, even Jason, the fact that he brought that up when we t- when we were asking him about you know some memorable moments. I mean that that is about as good as it gets. Yeah. You know, I mean you can you can perform and win Grammys, you can perform at high profile sporting events. This I mean this is a moment that the entire country is watching. And again, it's not like a festival. They don't just cycle musicians in and out of there. You get like two of them. It was like her and Beyonce basically. Yeah. Like Yeah. That was the bill. And it's Beyonce, Beyonce. and Kelly Clarkson. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> for that year, for the next 4 years. Yep. It's a very small group of people who can say that they have been asked for the honor to perform on the Capitol, on the dais, at a presidential inauguration. And our girl did it. And she freaking nailed it. You, I mean, you pulled the exact thoughts out of my head. Like, politics aside, like, I don't care who you voted or didn't vote for. The fact that, like, not only it was a lot of the country watching, like, I'd like to assume that, like, a lot of people also outside of the U.S. were possibly watching or like at least following online because it's just like politics in any country is a big deal you know people in europe in europe are probably not paying close attention to our super bowl but they're possibly paying attention to our politics because we pay attention to theirs so that being said this was a huge worldwide event you know um correct me if i'm wrong if you live outside of the states like if this was not even mentioned Maybe I'm wrong, but I'd like to think that like an inauguration will definitely get some press outside of oh, the sure. US. Yeah. And the fact yeah, it was she got invited. Like they thought of like, let's invite Kelly Clarkson to do this. Like that is such an honor. It's insane. And like millions and millions and millions of people are watching her, like no pressure. Yeah. It's just it was such a proud moment that Everyone in the world was watching, like not everyone, but a lot of people in the world were watching her and she did it so flawlessly. It was such a proud moment for me to be like, that's my favorite singer. There she is. You know? And also just a, another nod to the fact that she looked incredible. Like oh I, gosh, so good. It, it was actually funny because one of my favorite shows uh, is the West Wing, which was a show all about yeah. um, working in the White House. And I was watching, uh, I actually just finished my my binge of all seven seasons. And there's uh, a woman on the show, uh, her character's name is Donna. And she's sitting at the inauguration of the, the new president at the end of the series. And she's wearing nearly the same outfit that Whoa. Kelly wore. Like she's wearing like a light purpley scarf over uh, or underneath, like almost like a red coat uh, or like a burgundy coat. Yeah. And I, I mean, every time I love the fact that like you go to Wikipedia and that's the picture of Kelly. I love, love, love how she looked. I mean, she looked perfect. She sang perfect. I mean, it was an absolute perfect moment for her. And I'm just, I mean, I was such, so proud as a fan at that moment because it was just incredible. Yeah. All right, team. Our number two moment on our list is one of her performances that I am most proud of. It is her 2006 Grammy performance of Because of You. It was such a full circle moment, that being such an emotional song that she wrote when she was 16 about her childhood. The fact that she was able to perform it on a stage that she had admired 
as a child all growing up and the fact that she won some awards that night, it was such a moment to be proud of. It's a great performance. I'm not going to say it's her best performance of all time. It's not her worst performance. It, w- it was a very solid performance. She got super emotional, but I just think the setting is what made it for me. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. What are your yeah. thoughts? Yeah. And I mean, for me, it's, it's, I love the performance and I think it's great that she got to perform that song in that moment. Um, for me, it's, it's the awards part of it. It's the fact that she gets her first uh, two Grammys of her career and she is again it validates american idol because now they've got grammy winning stars they've got you know a, a representative of the show that is truly now a global superstar you know i read the list i reread the list just now and i like for some reason just put like performance in my head it doesn't say anything about a performance, so I'm glad you mentioned the awards. No, I'm like, it's, we're just talking about because of you. I'm like, no, we're talking about the entire night. So thank you for that. Well, yeah, I mean, and I think it's it is it's it's the whole package. It's the yeah. fact that not only did she win for arguably her best album of her career, but also you know she got to perform a song that she wrote as a as a teenager. Uh, that's that means a lot to her that she fought to get on the album. And which also ultimately became a very big hit single. And in some places it became the biggest single from the album. Or ever. So, yeah. And so it's it's great to see that whole night. I mean, that whole night, even though, you know, she wasn't the biggest winner of the night, I think for me that was Kelly's night. Yeah. I mean, she was so emotional accepting those awards and you couldn't help whether or not you were a fan of hers. You can't help but just be so happy for her. Yeah. Like I mean, the fact even down to, you know, she, you know, a lot of people bring their, their spouses or uh, their significant others, parents, you know, Kelly brought Ashley, she yeah. brought her best friend and said, you know what, I'm going to the Grammys. You're my best friend's coming with me. And, you know, she got to shout out Ashley from the stage and it was just such a beautiful, wonderful moment for her that, you know, I still, I watch the videos on YouTube and I just beam with pride. Yeah. I'm like, it was just one of the proudest moments I've had as a fan. Yeah. Not that I really had any say in it, but just <laughs> like, I felt like you could vote for her. Like we, yeah. we can vote, but it was, no one deserved it more or yeah. dessert. You know, she still does. All right. That brings us up to our number one favorite moments of the last 20 years of Kelly's career. I feel like people are going to be like, this is what you put as your number one. Like, you know what? Screw it. Yeah. Was it the most like, is it the highest on her resume? No. But we love it, damn it. <laughs> we love it. Yes. Uh, this is her appearance on the comedy show on MTV where she was the repair woman. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Wouldn't, wouldn't that be awful? That was People probably that are like, was the what, is, what is Jeremy talking about? Yeah. Uh, damage I, Control I, 2004. Look it up on YouTube. It's hilarious. Yes. Thank you, by the way. I, could not, I couldn't think of the name of the show. I was trying to vamp a little bit to think of the name. But no. Damage Control. No. Uh, <laughs> Right network, uh, right network, wrong show. Uh, no, and I think you probably could see this one coming. It's her uh, 2005 performance of Since You've Been Gone at the Video Music Awards. Uh, again, also another night where she uh, took home some Moon Men for uh, for her album Breakaway and for the songs on the album. Uh, but look, I mean, this is, you know, we talk about the best concert of all time being the Troubadour. Uh, she's got some really iconic performances like Piece by Piece on Idol, but there is just something about 
this performance. And again, it's it's pre-YouTube, so it was before things like this could go viral. You know, it wasn't the video wasn't shared all over the internet over and over again. I mean, we we talked about it on message boards, and you know, we shared links to the MTV page so that you could watch the video because we couldn't even embed at this point in our internet lives. But it was just one of those really great VMA moments. And the VMAs have had a lot of really fun and weird and crazy moments. But, I mean, this is is Kelly at her peak badassery. Totally. You know, you know the, the breakaway era, and again, this is, you know, when I was mentioning earlier that I, I read an article that said that Kelly was in her post-peak part of her career. This is what most people consider the peak of Kelly's career is the breakaway era yep. of itself. You know, this is 2004 to 2007. And it seemed like everything she did during that era was just golden. And I mean, look, we've, we've got a couple of, of representations of that era on our list, but there was just something extra about this performance. I mean, it was just, we haven't seen a performance like this from her since not necessarily vocally, but just theatrically. I mean, she hasn't really gone for it like this in a performance since, I think she was, you know, she was riding high off of a big album and big singles and she just, they came to her with this idea and she said, screw it, let's do it. Let's have some fun. And I don't think you'll catch her dead doing this again, um, but it was definitely one of those really cool moments in time. And it's just, it's still to this day, a really fun performance to watch. It's such a standout performance when you look at everything else she's done. Not to say that like her performances are boring by any means because they're not at all. But this was just so extra. Yeah. <laughs> and we're not used to Kelly being extra. So it's it's such a rarity. It's such a little gem for us. And yeah, is it the best vocally? Not at all. But it's so rock and roll. It's so badass. And uh, it proved that she can still rock it. It's not like one of those like, oh, she's trying too hard. Like, no. Like, people know she's talented. And this was just like on a whole other playing field. Yeah. And, she's so, and by the way, I mean, just looked so beautiful oh that my God. night. So badass. Just and then just I all I can think of is those press photos from backstage at the end of the show where she's holding her moon man and she's got her like devil horns going and her tongue sticking out. I mean, it's just and she, her hair is soaking wet, soaking wet. It's all curly and wavy from the, from the water. And she's wearing like Converse to like accept yep. her award. And like, she's like running under like little, like little water, whatever you want to call yeah. it, water spouts to try to like get the moon. Whereas most people are all glammed down in their dress and yep. she just like came prepared and oh God, like I wa- used to watch this performance like, Weekly for years. Yeah. Which is crazy, but it's just so iconic and so good. Yes. And I would love to, obviously she's like spoken about this, I'm sure, like in interviews, but I would love to hear her perspective on it now. Yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of curious. Maybe that's another thing for whenever we get her on the podcast. Put it on the list. Put it on the list. Yes. All right. All right. So that's our uh, that's our top twenty, our favorite moments of the first twenty years of Kelly Clarkson's career. Do you agree? Do you disagree? We're definitely going to get some comments about. Oh, our I'm top sure. Five. I know we are. But I'm sure. It's yes. Fine. People are going to be like, "How is Idol? How is Idol not number one? Or how are the Grammys not number one?" Listen, am I? As I said, the top five. I feel like we can kind of arrange in any order. I yep. feel like they're all like, "Oh my god!" moments. But let us know also if we left anything out that you thought was obvious. 
Yeah, um, absolutely. Very curious. Um, as always, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Miss Into Podcast. Give us a follow for some more content. And um, always, if you listen to us on Apple, please consider leaving us a rating and review. Um, helps other Kelly fans find us. And same thing with Spotify. If you use the app, you can rate us there. It takes five seconds. And we would really appreciate that as well. And I, I think that about does it for today, right? I think it does. And uh, I, I don't want to give anything uh, too big away, Pam, but I'm very excited about uh, some upcoming episodes that we have. Let's, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. I think uh, that's I think nice, are, nice and cryptic. It is, yes. But I think people are going to be very excited about uh, some stuff that we have coming up uh, early on here in season three of Missing the Podcast. We are very excited. Uh, we're, we're so happy to be off and running, uh, for another year, uh, on the podcast, uh, hopefully a lot more stuff to talk about now that the Kelly Clarkson show is, is back up and running and we're going to have some Kelly Oakies to talk about, uh, cannot wait. It's going to be so much fun and, uh, we're glad that you're here and along for the ride. Once again, I don't want to go in a long diatribe like I did last week. Pam's already, uh, said some nice things, uh, in this episode. So we're so glad that you're here. We know that you're going to be very excited about some episodes that are coming up. And until then, we'll see you next time. See ya. You've been listening to Miss Indie Podcast, the Kelly Clarkson fan podcast. Miss Indie Podcast was written and produced by Jeremy and Pam. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you'll be the first to know when a new podcast is posted. Continue the conversation by following the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Miss Indie Podcast. Send us your questions and comments to missindiepodcast at gmail.com.